name is Sherry Wilson, and I'm here to fill your ears with the best business content I can give you while you work out, commute, clean your house. Anything to help you work your biz like a boss. Hey guys, I am Sherry Wilson, a strategist, educator, and business consultant, and I want to welcome you to to today's podcast. Now, you may hear noises in the background, which is typically my cat, Joseph, because for some reason, every time I come into my office, he doesn't like it, and he's constantly in my face, going in and out. It's a really weird deal. But in spite of Joseph, I am very excited to share uh, something that I am very passionate about, and that is hope. And I think in the times that we're in right now, hope is almost like a a quality or a characteristic that is dying off. And people that have hope and people that possess hope are those that people flock to, those that people want to be around. But I think it's important to define hope. I mean, what is it exactly? And this is a very important question to answer because many think hope is wishful thinking, like, I hope I get that raise, or I hope I get married next year, or whatever else you might wish for uh, in your life. But true hope is actually an expectation of good things, and that type of hope eventually becomes a filter for your thoughts, your behaviors, and your decisions. I want to tell you about an experiment I came across called the Morphine Experiment. I'm not sure where it was conducted, nor what year. I just read about it in a book on hope. And in the experiment, researchers wanted to verify that the human body produces its own pain-relieving chemicals similar to morphine. In particular, they were looking for the release of endorphins, which is a pain hormone, also a happiness hormone, and enkephalins. Volunteers agreed to a cuff being used to apply pressure-inducing pain. Wires connected to each volunteer would then measure heart rate, blood pressure, muscle contraction, and more. Each volunteer felt pain with corresponding changes in their heart rate blood pressure when the cuff was applied. Next, doctors and research assistants in starched white lab coats injected a clear liquid into the volunteers and they made sure that they could see the syringe, see the the needle, etc., and they were told, the volunteers were told, well, I don't even know actually if they were told anything, the volunteers believed that the clear liquid was morphine, okay? So whether they told them or not, I can't remember. The main idea is they thought it was. Pressure was steadily increased like the first time, but this time the volunteers did not feel any pain. But here's what's crazy. The solution wasn't morphine. It was actually a saline solution, which is basically salt water, water. Well, the researchers wanted to take it even further and see how the body can respond to pain based on expectation of receiving morphine. So instead of injecting them with just a saline solution, they actually injected them with a drug called uh, naloxone or something like that. It's spelled N-A-L-O-X-O-N-E. Now, this drug blocks receptors so that feel-good hormones can't connect And it also increases the ability of a person to feel pain because, again, those um, feel-good hormones can't connect where they need to uh, to prevent pain or at least lower it. Now, again, the volunteers thought it was morphine, and again, they felt no pain, which went way beyond proving the power of expectation. I mean, here you have a drug that was given that no matter if a person was given morphine or had those feel-good hormones 
this drug was going to block that from even helping them with pain. And still the volunteers felt no pain with the uh, cuff. So hope is two things. And as I stated earlier, it's an expectation of good things, which the morphine uh, experiment shows the power of expectation. But I want to nail hope down even further because it's actually very scientific. Hope is two things. It's cognitive and it's effective. So the cognitive is the marshalling of information and data relevant to a desired future event, meaning you start collecting the information, the data you need to reach your desired goal. It's kind of like if you've ever thought about buying a particular car, once you get your mind fixed on that car that you want to purchase, you see that car everywhere. That happened to me when I wanted to buy my uh, Kia Soul. I all of a sudden started seeing Kias everywhere. The brain filters out whatever is unnecessary. So whatever you focus on, that's what it finds for you. And that is the cognitive Uh, aspect of hope or the expectation of your desired goal. So you start collecting everything you need about that goal and even the stuff that you need to learn and the skills needed to, uh, that you need to have in order to reach that desired goal. And then the effective aspect is the comfort, the energy, the elevated feeling that you get when you think about that positive future. So what this means is when you start thinking about your positive desired goal, because you're already doing the cognitive aspect, when you think about reaching it, all of a sudden you're comforted, energized, and elevated. So both of these definitions speak of a process of creating hope. And I like how Dr. Groupman phrases it. He says that they create hope by setting a firm goal and anticipating the reward of living with the dream fulfilled. You know, really, if you think about it, real hope helps you make better decisions. And, and let me explain this. As I stated, the brain filters out the unnecessary, which is why when you focus on something, all of a sudden, that's what you see. Because of how hope works, it then becomes a filter for your decisions because you're focused on a specific positive goal and anything that takes you away from that goal is dismissed or rejected. Hope also helps you see opportunities that you might not have seen otherwise. Hope is such a great filter, and it's also a motivator. You see, hope is intentional. Again, it's not that passive, I hope this happens, or I hope that happens. It's the process of inspiring expectation and belief using cues. So just like the researchers and the doctors wore lab coats, it's the same thing in our lives where there has to be cues. So we inspire expectation and belief using those. So hope is very motivational. And when you use hope to internally motivate you towards your goal, you have more hope to set more goals. So hope is dependent on a plan and dreams. Planning your future and dreaming of your future is key and it helps you make better decisions. Us entrepreneurs wear many hats, but there are some hats that we don't want to wear and we don't want to know how to wear. And that's where Fiverr comes in. Fiverr puts the whole world of freelance talent at your fingertips for all kinds of things that we need done, like logo design, writing and translation, digital marketing, video and animation, music and audio, programming and tech, web design, and more. They even have lifestyle freelancers to help you with personal style, relationship coaching, health and fitness, and so much more. 
I recently used them to type the transcript of a video for me and was amazed at how fast and professional my freelancer was. You'll find high quality services at every price point. There's no hourly rates, just project-based pricing and your payments are protected. Go to SherryLovesFiverr.com and get started. That's Sherry with an I and Fiverr with two R's. Kirk Ritter of John, John Hopkins conducted a series of experiments in the 1950s to see how long rats would swim before drowning. And I know it sounds terrible. That was back in the day where I guess you could torture little animals. He discovered that they'll swim for about 15 minutes. But here was a surprising aspect. He found that if he rescued them and dried them off, letting them rest some, they would swim for 60 more hours, not minutes, hours. So before it was 15 minutes, once he rescued them, dried them off, let them rest, they would swim for 60 more hours for the hope of being saved again. So the rats had a clear picture of what being saved looked like, and this energized them to keep swimming. So how do you create hope? Well, there's a few things. Number one is an aspiration journal. Uh, and this actually is probably one of the most powerful exercises that you can do as far as inspiring hope. And I want to give you an example, but first let me tell you what this is. An aspiration journal is a recording of those things that you want in your life. There is a condition to what you put in your journal though. On a scale of one to 10 with one being, meaning you don't really care and 10 being you really, really want it. The only thing that you can put in your aspiration journal are those things that rate on a scale of 8 to 10 on your scale of 1 to 10. It may only be one thing, or it could be several things, but the main filter is it has to be an 8 to 10. Once you figure out the things that you want in your life, that you then flesh them out. Write how it will look once you've accomplished them. I alternate between writing out what life looks like once I've accomplished my goal in my aspiration journal, Two, I write short, a short paragraph that summarizes my goals uh, each day. And usually I have one to two that I will write out. So for example, I just completed paying off $56,000 of debt, credit card debt. And I had not started my aspiration journal to begin with. I just didn't want to file bankruptcy. And I went to work on getting my plan and you know, figuring out how that was going to work and getting it paid off. And then sure enough, uh, my business and several lifestyle things like being generous, etc., cetera, uh, created a tipping point for me to be able to pay off my debt May 5th of 2021. So in one year, we paid probably over $30,000. I'm going to crunch the numbers and see. It may have been more, but we had been working on it for about three years. Well, I got to a point where you know, I had my aspiration journal and I decided I wanted to flesh out what being debt-free looked like. And so I just basically made a list of things, you know, in words and phrases like freedom, um, quarterly trips with my spouse. That was something that we gave up until our debt was paid. Um, being more generous, uh, more funds to go into my business and advertising. Uh, all of those things I fleshed out. But what it also did is I, I fleshed out what it would look like to be debt-free when I was getting closer to being debt-free. So at this point, we probably owed maybe 15, 20K, which, you know, when you're paying off, if any of y'all have ever paid off, you know, a tremendous amount of credit card debt, you know what I mean? Like that's like halfway there, right? A 56K. 
And what was interesting is I was starting to, you know, have more disposable income, et cetera, et cetera. And I was still making very large payments on her cards. And I, it was almost like I felt the carefulness of my decisions, that filter, I, it, it felt like it was starting to lift and that if I wasn't careful, I would get careless in how I handled my finances again. And by fleshing it out, I realized when I sat down and was writing my aspiration journal that being debt-free and building wealth also included a continual, a continual carefulness in my spending decisions. And that helped me stay on track and not fall off the wagon, which we sometimes do when we get close to our goals. And, you know, it also gave me the next focus, which was our emergency fund. So the aspiration journal will weed out those things that really aren't important for you and also help you solidify and flesh out what you want your life to look like. It's a very powerful exercise. And here's number two, use a blue pen. So I found out from my good friend, Coach uh, Greg McNeil, that when you use a blue pen, it's great for remembering what you write because blue helps with memory. And then the final thing is learn new things. One of the best ways to inspire hope is to learn those new things. And the reason is that your brain is basically telling itself, well, if they're learning new things, that must mean that our future is bright. And all of a sudden, your brain is happy and it thrives on novelty. So you've got two things going on. But for our purposes, I'd suggest that you learn and research those things that will help you reach your goals. I do use vision boards. I have one in my closet, and the reason I have it in my closet is it would just hang on the wall and not really be seen anywhere else in my house. And so I decided to put it in my closet, and every time I get dressed or undressed, I just view it and look at it. I also have a, a digital one on my desktop, and it's similar to the things that are on my physical uh, vision board. But there's nothing like, you know, putting check marks on fulfilled goals or taking an item off my closet vision board when I've accomplished that goal. And I've also found that by using the process of 8 to 10 and then vision boards, you'll even hone in the things to put on that uh, so that you're not overwhelmed. I had that happen where a friend of mine, I think she had like 20 to 30 things. And when she used the system of it has to be an 8 to 10 on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, all of a sudden, those things she really, really wanted uh, became uh, hyper-focused, and she's accomplishing those goals. So accomplishing goals, it's not a mystery. It simply requires two things, a willingness to change and a willingness to learn. It also requires harnessing the power of real hope, hope that inspires and motivates. Hope is a science. So create your cues using your aspiration journal and blue pen, learn and research, and plan and dream. That's it. You have a ton of stuff to do as a business owner, and sometimes it can be hard to know where to focus, to know how to take your business to the next level. I've developed an assessment that will help you do just that, the You Are Here Success Map. This simple, quick assessment reveals any hidden areas of danger so you don't end up a statistic. It's based on nine parts the successful businesses possess, and it will reveal your current condition as a starting point to help you map out a plan to strengthen your chances of success. And don't think success necessarily equals success. Sometimes an overnight has sunk a business. Anyone hear of Kate Middleton in her dress? So take this assessment and map out your plan. Go to sherryannwilson.com forward slash discover dash hidden dash week dash
www.biz-areas. And yes, I realize how ridiculous that URL is, and I will be fixing that soon. I hope today's podcast gave you some actionable wisdom that you can do immediately for your business. I've got a lot more free training on my website at sherryannwilson.com. Sherry with an I and with an E. But before you go, please leave a kind review of this podcast. It's like giving me a hug in podcast world. Work Your Biz Like a Boss is a Mr. Joseph production. What do you think, Joseph? Joseph.